<clears throat> on the masters. Don't let the masters on you. Use the internet. Don't let the internet use you. Use social media. Don't let social media use you. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about artists and their masters. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk live show. Appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on YouTube, on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio coming shortly. Make sure if you guys haven't yet to um, share on your pages or in groups. It's always appreciated before we dive into stuff. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Hopefully you're not hearing a helicopter flying around. Uh, unfortunately, that was with the delay. It was right on top of us before, and I didn't want it to mess with the show. But it probably is already doing that. So hope you guys are doing well. Again, thanks for sharing as we get into this. So... You know, first things first, and for you guys that are in here now, for people that come in later, you can say that we discussed this, we don't have to jump back, but um, sending love and prayers to Sinbad, who uh, suffered a stroke earlier this week. He's wanting things to be private, same with his family, so we'll just wish him well, and Shelby J., who is, of course, a friend of the show as well. Um, her mom passed away this week, so we're sending mad love to her as well and an open invitation to her whenever she wants to come back on the show. So if anyone brings that up later on the show, please um, acknowledge it that it was discussed. So... Here we go. Before we dive into everything, we still see that the tour bus is being sold. And then um, as you guys saw what we discussed last week about Prince being on that um, celebrity list, he was on it. They just didn't mention him at first, but the full article, he's number 10, which is up uh, two to three spots from last year. But he's actually down two to three million from last year, pulling in only 10 million for the estate. And the person was trying to give me flack uh, for criticizing the estate, but just remember how much money um, goes to lawyers and whatnot of that $10 million. Is that a full, um, you know, the total that they got, or was that before taxes or after taxes and all this other stuff? So, and of course, in the article, they have to mention something else without using accidental. So we won't get into that too much. So, um, but again, um, you know, someone from the peanut gallery trying to criticize and they were wrong. That information is absolutely public. So those are the things going on. I also saw that Flight Time Studios uh, was being torn down that can be something that we'll have for another show. But those are things that we can discuss momentarily before we get into the big guns. 
Um, so you said it, I didn't, Andrew, on that one on Facebook. So remember, if you guys haven't already, please share with other groups and whatnot, just because I'm not able to share live or else I'm going to be away from you guys and we don't want to have that done now, do we? So, and um, another thing is uh, you saw maybe for some people in this room, your daughter's favorite artist or whatnot, Harry Styles, was getting flack over wearing dresses and talking about when he goes inside um, women's stores or whatnot, that their clothes are better than the men's. I wouldn't, how do I put that? I remember sometimes going inside Hot Topic or say other places that had men's and women's clothing, whether it was t-shirts or outfits. And like, oh, I like that one. Do you guys have that in a men's? No, it's only made for women. They would have the cooler designs and other stuff. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be wearing a dress like Harry Styles. Um, it just means I, I don't believe that he's gender bending. I talked about this before. I feel that, you know, he's channeling his inner David Bowie. And he isn't the first artist to wear dresses, but my God, <laughs> you think it was something brand new and they need to like lay off of him. You know, I thought that I got flagged for stuff. Every single time I pose a photo of myself on my real account, I lose followers or if I stray because of that secondary Funkenberry account. And there's people in this room that I know are following that account and interacting with that account, knowing it's a fake account. And they know me and it's kind of messed up when they know that I'm fighting for the trademark of that. But for those that actually support, thank you. So, yeah, flight time, that's a story for another day for sure. But, um, you know, even a hat that I got before that I've worn on this show before that you guys have um, said it was looking styling actually is a woman, it was a woman's fedora, not a men's. Um, but my friend got that for me. So I appreciate it. You know, those are those things. So any other things that we want to discuss um, before we get into it? New to her outfit, huh? And see, talk about gender bending. And I don't think that I could wear uh, those outfits they wore in the new tour without draws. But yeah. And I think someone meant to say that Jimmy and Terry's new song with Babyface is pretty good, not pretty hood, but there you go. So we're not going to put that one up. But yeah. And then, of course, you have Morris Day's uh, new Santa Claus song, right? Right. Uh, I have no idea which chick you're talking about. I know that um, that there was some stuff you know, that was going on. But I do, you know, I posted about that on Friday and then someone was trying to drag me for it, not understanding I was protecting Harry Styles and bringing up my own thing and then posting a feminine photo of myself, you know. So sometimes people just like to argue on social media for the sake of arguing. So, yeah, cooler than Santa Claus. Now, if only we can get Morris on the show. 
Uh, didn't even know it was her that's doing it. People have their own agendas, and that's why people don't trust the media. Um, when it came to reporting Prince news or music news, before I was even involved, I'd have to get it like from two or three sources first before I post about shows or after shows that you guys would find out about. So, you know, those are the things that go on. So I would love to have Judith on the show, hit her up, suggest it. You know, I have, you know, the whole thing is, is that we will stay with the questions for the show that we want to do. There may be some other people that will make comments, but as we were just saying, people sometimes love to create drama or other things just for the sake of it, you know? So cool about Jelly Bean. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Um, unfortunately, my agenda is kind of full at the moment. That's all I wish to say about that. Any other things before we get into the subject at hand and hoping that you guys are not hearing that damn helicopter. I need a recording studio for sure. Getting notifications from Twitch and YouTube, just putting those off and letting it be accepted so it doesn't mess with the show. So yes, stand up, let's see the entire outfit here. It looks nice, uh, comb like that. Thanks. I'd rather have it more in my face, but I haven't done it. Um, you know, you have this, but see, like when you stand up, you're not able to see everything. It looks kind of sloppy when you do it that way. So maybe I shouldn't have stood up um, to show it off, but we're getting it going like that. How long did I know Prince? For a while. It's been discussed before, um, but he knew who I was online and other stuff. And then we met later on and was there till um, the weekend before 4-21-16. So it was just a kind of cool experience that started in 1998, had peaks and valleys, 2006, really started being higher aside from uh, interactions on the music club and other stuff through email. So, you know. Doing well, hope you guys are doing well. All right, let's get into what's going on with master recordings. And Taylor Swift is the main one with, with news this week. And we're gonna touch on Kanye. Um, you know, and that thing. But first, here's a question from Dwayne. Um, see why is it that taylor swift is getting all this positive publicity about her fight for a masters where prince was vilified he did this way back in the 90s almost a lifetime ago she gets criticized actually a lot that she whines about everything so it's a little bit of a problem um i wouldn't say that you know she gets stuff but prince you know it wasn't um exactly well known then that people were like oh my god you made all this money you were the hundred million dollar man blah 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 why are you complaining about your deal you know understanding how important the masters were and see the the thing is is that prince was a visionary and in the 90s you know was a visionary to see stuff that was going to be happening where the internet would control stuff and there would be stuff like streaming at the time in the 90s 
when he's bringing that up, they're like, this guy's off his rocker. You add on him writing slave on his face, it didn't help the conversation so much. As he would say, he'd walk into the offices of Warner Brothers and then they get all silent. Um, but it didn't exactly do stuff to where they would respect him. Now, other stuff, as you see it, here's Kanye that tries to mention Prince and these other things in his battles. But it's really hard to, um, you know, and it's another thing, did not change his name to a symbol you can't pronounce either aside from the slave. But with Kanye, it's hard for me to defend him with how many other things that he does. And when I talk about that, I'm talking about, say, he's complaining about getting his masters back, but you look at Big Sean, who's on his label. Now, it's not like Big Sean is Jay-Z, who owns his masters, but Big Sean had a few hits, and he signed with Kanye's label in 2007, and his debut album didn't come out until 2011. Now, how much money do you think Big Sean got for his first record deal? And then it didn't get put out until 2011. $500,000, $200,000, $50,000, $15,000. And if you guessed $15,000, that's what Sean, Big Sean got for his first record contract, The Advance. 15 grand. In 1978, Prince for three albums, cut a, a way higher percentage than that and blew it all in one recording of an album of it. But regardless, it's hard for me to defend Kanye where there's other people on his label that he owns the masters to. And then in September, he said that the artist on his label is gonna have 50% back of their master recordings. We're in November, that hasn't happened. He also brought up Scooter Braun, who was managing or may still be managing Kanye now, saying that he was gonna help Taylor get his masters back out of all the stuff he's done with Taylor, and that hasn't happened. So, you know, and you can go back to the print stuff and we will be going to it, but Again, that's why it's hard for me to defend Kanye. And then you did have Jill Jones and others that had unfair contracts with Prince uh, during his battle. But it wasn't there wasn't a Twitter realm where you can go like, well, if I get my master's back, that obviously is going to have stuff for Jill. We don't know that stuff. We know that she was trying to do it. But what Prince would be saying is, is that you're a slave if you don't own the master's in their slave recordings. And in concert, he would be perfectly free. Now with Taylor, you know, she got out of her deal. She signed with Universal Music, um, a division of Live Nation with that for her tours. Now, she always wanted to own her masters, but she wasn't going to be signing with a big machine records anymore. But she thought that she would get the chance to purchase them back. Now, she knew about someone else purchasing them. Um, and she had issues with Scooter Braun dating back to 2016 for having different political views. And that's where this all kind of started. So Scooter is very well known in the industry, making huge hits out of songs like Call Me Maybe, 
Uh, his lineup includes Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, um, Carly Rae Jepsen, as we said before, Demi Lovato. All people somewhat have defended him, not so much with Ariana Grande lately, to be honest about that. But Scooter does quite well. So him being a businessman, you kind of got to look at it how Michael Jackson did what he did to Paul McCartney and purchased the Beatles recordings, which he still owns. And that's why uh, he was far past Prince on that list that we discussed earlier of top money makers last year because of that catalog and what's owned. Now, <clears throat> the issue being is, is that he purchased Big Machine Records to own that label, but also to own Taylor's Masters. And she was pissed about that and let everyone know it and would take it out in her videos, you know, having a little scooter on the wall and then her the man video peeing on it and a few other things taking a shot at him. So um, those are the things that were going on with it, right? So here it is, she's complaining, Scooter doesn't understand why she's mad at him. Like, it's kind of like Taylor, how when she used to win awards, like, who, me? That's how Scooter was being, a little bit of it. So you have to look at these things that this battle happens, that he's willing to talk with Taylor. Even his wife was tweeting, you know, we'll have private conversations. She didn't want to have it. She felt that, you know, it wasn't going on. And then, of course, this week, he purchased Big Machine for $300 million, right? Do you know how much he sold the Masters to the Shamrock uh, Corporation this week? $300 million. So he already made his investment back. And not only that, they were wanting to deal with her for the Masters and work with her. Shamrock, that is. Now, the interesting thing about that is, is that they wanted her to sign an NDA that she wouldn't talk about Scooter anymore. Now, that'd be like Prince, okay, fine, we're going to do this. We'll give you back your stuff, but you can't talk stuff about um, Warner Brothers anymore. Got to look at it like that. So she wasn't down with that. And then she found out that even though they're purchasing her master's, Scooter still is going to be making a profit off of that. So that's where her pissiness came. Um, and it's rightfully so. Another thing is she's planning on re-recording her back catalog, five of the past six albums that she released under the Big Machine records deal. One, she was a record that she was 14 years old. Her voice is going to sound a lot different. And of course, we know that Prince was planning on doing the same thing. Uh, and did release 1999, The New Master, in 1999, which was recorded in 1998, while his original recording of 1999 was made in 1982, and his voice sounded much different. And, of course, uh, a Taylor about to hit 30, if she hasn't already, uh, is going to sound a lot different than Taylor that's 14 years old. So, yeah. So here we go with a very interesting article of why did Shamrock Capital spend 300 million on old Taylor Swift albums. 
<clears throat> the investment fund has paid 300 million for Taylor Swift's old music, even as she's recording re-recording these same songs, a move that might seem dumb, but could actually pay off in droves. This is by Tim Ingham, uh, and it was reported through Rolling Stone. I just thought it was a very good article, and I don't want to quote from stuff without giving them credit. And Tim would say, you don't need me to tell you who's caused the most noise in the music industry this week. Yes, it's Taylor Swift with her eloquent, stinging response to the news of Scooter Braun selling the master recordings of her first six albums to an investment fund in a $300 million deal without her consult consent. It's easy to see why Swift's pissed. She claims that once again, she wasn't given the chance to make a fair market bid for her own masters. And the deal clearly benefits Braun. It means he effectively acquired Swift's former label, Big Machine Label Group, for a negligible fee, having bought the whole company, including Swift's masters, for a similar 300 million-ish price tag last summer. So within a year, he's already made back his investment and still has um, a part in her masters. <clears throat> but what is the thinking from Shamrock Capital? AKA Shamrock Holdings, the quiet LA-based investment company that splurged over 300 million to acquire Swift's masters from Braun. Swift is already pressing ahead with plans to re-record the masters that are now under Shamrock's ownership. She also still has the power to block sync license requests for her old recordings, which she's already been doing with Abandon. Now that's kind of like she will not, since she's also the publisher of her songs, she's not giving permission for those songs to be used in movies and TV shows but she'll probably give licensing for the newer versions of those songs that she's recording to be done. Many insiders have been scratching their heads over Shamrock's motivations in the last 24 hours. And of course, now for some reason, this entire article and like I was showing before isn't showing up. Let's see if we can refresh on it. Sorry guys, I had everything set up before and it was showing. Let me try this link on it. But it's just a very important read that we're going on. So here we go. And this is what makes things frustrating is that they do things like this. They're blocking the entire article before I was able to access it. But regardless, it's a very interesting article that was talking about those things and why it was important for them to have it and how they can still make a profit off of it. Now, other artists um, that do own their masters is um, people, you have older established artists like Stevie Wonder who worked out a deal with Motown in 1971. And then you also have Ray Charles, who was a smart businessman in the 60s. I was able to get his masters back then. Yeah, Frank Sinatra, which we discussed earlier on Twitter. Hey, Nisi. Thank you. Um, that... He, you know, he was along, he was around like say Justin Bieber's age when he first got started in his, in his career, but he didn't really take off to the second part of his career after um, appearing in From Here to Eternity and winning the Oscar for that. And he had a better second half of his career and the Capitol recordings were worth a lot. In 1961, he decided to leave Capitol recordings now, or Capitol records, excuse me, which they were known later on. Now, <clears throat> he signed, he made his own label, Reprise, but he still owed capital two more albums. 
So during that time when he was with Reprise, he had to release stuff through Capital. And before his first Reprise release, what does Capital do? They flood the market with his product to where he's basically his new material is competing with his old material. It is like Prince said, his only competition is in the past, right? So the first two years of Reprise on purpose, Capital was taking glee that Sinatra was suffering so much. And then Warner Records, who at the time, you know, they had young up and comers named Mo Austin that were um, looking to purchase that label and make a part of the Warner division. And then after that, with Frank agreeing to that deal, he was able to have a major label behind him, unlike an independent, to where he can compete with what Capital was doing. And of course, Reprise, through the years, they had artists such as Jimi Hendrix and Neil Young. I believe some of Fleetwood Mac stuff originally. Of course, later on in the 80s, they did have Madonna. Um, and then after that, they did kind of fold, I believe, in the mid-90s after Sinatra's Duets 2 was released. Now, of course, along with Hendrix and these other artists, when Mo Austin left Reprise to do Warners, he signed a young up-and-coming artist in 1977 for an album that to be put out in 1978 named Prince, who had his own battles with Mo Austin and Lenny Walker in the 90s before Mo and Lenny were shown the door at Warner Brothers. So here it is. You have these things going on to where Stevie Wonder was able to get his masters. Ray Charles was able to get their ma his masters. You know, black artists that were established while you had Sinatra who wasn't able to get it. Now it isn't like that anymore. Although you do have Jay-Z owns his masters and with the deal of him being president of Def Jam and going back to 2007, he was able to get Rihanna her masters back. They also have other artists like Sierra, they're able to get theirs. Now you have you 2 who won't really discuss it, but they, somewhere along the way, they have 100% ownership of their entire masters. Now Metallica, it's interesting, in their deal from 1994, which was two years removed from Prince's $100 million deal with Warner Brothers, they had into their contract in the 2012, 2012, excuse me, um, that they were going to get their masters back and they now own them. And now at the time of the 90s, the only artist that Warner signed to a big record deal and then actually wanted to get out of that deal was Motley Crue. And the agreement they made was to get their masters back. And yes, Motley Crue isn't Prince, but in the 90s, it seemed that certain artists of a lighter skin tone were getting different deals. Now look, Prince's catalog at that time was far and above more so than Motley Crue. Of course, it'd be more on the lines of U2 and more in the lines of Madonna. But, you know, I don't believe he was really as hip to the Masters conversation until he started hanging out with Nona Gay and seeing, you know, he's thinking like, you should be like balling, you know, uh, you'd be owning Marvin's recordings and like, she's no, the label gets that and other stuff. So he's getting more hip to that later on. So thank you, Jill, for that about 95 and reprise, uh, or reprise actually folded.
but so, you know, and those are the things that go into it is now you're having other artists defend Scooter Braun. And then, like, like I said before, it's really hard to defend Kanye where there's other people on his label that are getting shafted. And thank God, Chance the Rapper, another person that owns his masters, but Chance is actually an independent artist through an indie label. Kanye was trying to sign Chance in 2018. Thank God he didn't. Because here it is, what Big Sean is getting basically through Kanye, aside from anti-promises, is probably being owed millions by Kanye. And that's another thing is, is like, you don't hear Eminem complaining about his masters or whatnot, but it's like Dr. Dre got Eminem in, Eminem in, so he has his own label first with Death Row, then branching out on his own with Aftermath. They have Eminem sign artists such as 50 Cent. So it's like they find other people to make money off of if they're not getting their masters. You see how that whole game works? And then you have it. Scooter Braun is tight with Justin Bieber, right? You know? But who owns Justin's masters? You know? Does, did Scooter give it back to Justin? Like all this stuff, I know you guys are more involved with the print stuff, but all this stuff intertwines. So, yes, and exactly true, Mark, regarding Motley Crue taking a lot less money from Elektra. But again, they signed a three-album deal for, I think, $30 million at the time, and they released the one album with a different lead singer than of Vince Neil. And Warner's wanted to give them their contract back. But one of the agreements was is getting the money from Warner Electric Atlantic, WEA at the time. Um, but part of that was they were going to take less money, but they wanted their masters back and they were able to get it. It wasn't too long of a battle. So here we go in now. And this is something I talked about with Dave Hampton earlier before the show. I was hoping that he would pop in to talk with you guys. And in regards to Justin, no, we don't know because Justin doesn't exactly talk about it, but he defends Scooter relentlessly. Now, with COVID going on, a lot of these independent artists that were able to not um, have to make label deals, were able to go the independent route, were able to own their masters, a lot of their money came from merchandise and from being able to perform live shows. That's been taken away now. So again, you have labels to where they make money off the streaming. They make money with the phone companies, you know, and that's something that Prince was trying to do with Third Eye Girl in 2013 was release um, the Third Eye Girl album, Plectrum Electrum, at that time, that configuration under Samsung. And they were in contract talks for that. And that's one of the reasons why Prince did South by Southwest for Samsung that year, not only for the few million dollars that he was paid for it, but they were in negotiations. And then Jay-Z on July 1st of that year, I believe, dropped his new album through Samsung, which negated the dang deal that he was trying to do. But again, labels are making money through you using um, your phone to download music and do other stuff. So that's what's going on with it. Uh, but the phone, the phone companies make it, the labels make it by making the deals with the phone companies. They make it off the streaming service where the artist 
get very, very little. So yeah. Now Dre does own most of his soul catalog, but he he actually, with other things that he was able to do with Beats by Dre and other things. So, you know, and with Scooter, there's been some stuff that, you know, his side of the story, we haven't exactly heard. You know, it's just that he's a businessman and he saw a business opportunity. Now with him and Taylor having a history, it does seem that there was some something going on. But again, you're thinking of a businessman. And again, it's just like what I said, what Scooter is doing with Taylor, it's kind of like what was done to Paul McCartney with Michael Jackson, the Beatles catalog, and letting me know about publishing rights and other things to where even Michael Jackson owns Sly and the Family Stone songs and, and others, you know? So look, Scooter's a pretty smart man you got to look at these things he bought that company last year for 300 million dollars the record label and then her catalog by itself he sold for three million this year you got to look at it like that is if you're looking at the business side of it it's a smart move if you're looking at it for artist rights and them not owning um their masters it's a problem but the whole thing is is that we have to understand did Taylor really um, have it to where she was not offered her masters before? Or did she feel that what they were asking for was too high and that she'll get it eventually? And then Scooter swooped in. We don't know these things, you know? Yes. And the labels are in bed with the tech people, leaving the artists out in the cold, 100%. And you got to look at it with Prince. Like in 2014, he got his master's back in a handshake deal. But in order for that to happen, the rights of Purple Rain, Parade, Graffiti Bridge, and I believe the Batman soundtrack as well, they have extended extended um, contracts for that, that they keep it longer. And as you see with Sony, Sony has part of the catalog starting with 1995's The Gold Experience on. But of course, with Gold Experience being locked up in court over the song, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World, in Italy court, they haven't been able to release it, but you've had Emancipation, Musicology 3121. So, you know, that's what's going on with the things. And yeah. Nisi, you have to understand, I. Then what's in here for others is like use, useless knowledge. So I got to have to to get it out there. All these facts that don't matter to anyone else, I have to get out. And the thing is, is that people just think that I know print stuff. I know a lot more than that. And that's why I keep my trap shut. But come on, I ran a music website for a while and still have it. I just feel that no one's on websites as much or else I'd be posting there. But I had over 10,000 articles. You can go back and look at when I first started posting about The weekend was in 2008. Bruno Mars, um, 2007. The first posting of Ariana Grande was her covering Mariah Carey's emotions. This is before she had a record deal. All these other things, um, you know, and I probably annoy people that go in my car with some more recent music that'll pop up like Halsey 
more so than say just Prince. Still, you know. And yes, when it comes to Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson, yes, he was outbid, but he was outbid by MJ. MJ wouldn't even have known about publishing and that the Beatles' rights were coming up if Paul didn't hip him to it. And of course, Paul and MJ, you know, they were friends. They recorded The Girl Is Mine and Say, Say, Say together. And they were friendly until that happened. And there was a bitter feud. And Paul never really owned the recordings outright in full capacity 100%. And of course, when Michael was running into trouble in the early 2000s, he made a deal with Sony for the publishing rights 50-50. Uh, so Sony has that. And of course, Michael had his own battles with Sony Music, but not over masters exactly. And to play into um, other things that you have Sinatra, who left Reprise in 1981, and then his next album was actually done with Quincy Jones in 1984 on Quincy's label after on um, the success of Thriller. Of course, Sinatra wasn't getting nine Grammys for that um, LA album like Michael was for Thriller, that's for sure. So, yeah. See, MJ, MJ was slick with that. And then with George Michael, as we know that he was battling for his label. And for the life of me, and Prince's contract to me, if you read the fine print when that $100 million deal happened to where Diamonds of Pearl sold 5 million copies, Graffiti Bridge, barely a million, Love Sexy at that time, uh, didn't sell a million until after Diamonds of Pearl's. Same with For You at the time, For You and Love Sexy in 1989 were the only two albums of his that didn't hit the million marks. The outside of the Times that was sitting at 2 million at that time, you had Parade that was at 2.5 million. Around the World in a Day at that time was at 3 million. And of course you have Purple Rain, which is at 15 million at that time of the 80s. And of that contract being signed in 1991. So here it is, Prince is named the $100 million man. But if he doesn't sell 5 million records, he has to give 5 million of the $10 million advance back. Now keep in mind, again, Dimes of Pearls did sell 5 million, but his last album before then that sold close to 5 million was the Around the World in a Day album, which was sitting at 3.5 million at that time. So unless Prince, and again, that's when he had the machine behind him for Dimes and Pearls, where there was a lot of money invested from him doing the um, VMAs to Arsenio to being open to where he can make all these videos, the video collections that he released, whether it was Get Off and Dimes and Pearls. He was going to need to do that with the Symbol album in order to make that money. But of course, it's sitting at $2.5 the symbol album where Prince wants to release on June 7th, a five song EP, which I believe had Peach Pope um, Come, which was a different variation at that time, which was played before the LA Amphitheater show in April of 1993. And of course, Warners, the whole reason that they were giving Prince this money was to have him concentrate more on sales than putting product out. So if you're doing this with money, that would give Prince an incentive to slow down the releases he was doing. Little did they know, as much as Prince liked money, it wasn't the be all end all of things. 
he really wanted to release that um, EP on his birthday on June 7th. But an EP, on even according to Billboard charts, anything over five songs is considered an EP, not a maxi single, so it counted as an album. Warner Brothers wasn't down with that. So here it is. He ends the symbol tour, his last show in LA, before he comes out for Party Man. He's like, what if I told you guys I'm changing my name? What would you call me? And then he goes, you can call me this. And he went into Party Man for the encore. Then uh, two weeks after that tour is done, he announces that he's retiring from live performing and from music, which caught Eric Leeds by surprise. So when he was quoted in Rolling Stone, it's all like, this is what he says this week. Let's see what he says next week. You got to take it with a grain of salt. And at that time, Alan Leeds, excuse me if I said Eric, Alan Leeds was the president of Paisley Park Records. So he wasn't even aware of what, of what was going on from that. But that's where it all started. Then June 7th of 1993, Prince changes his name to The Symbol, does an article with Alan Light that's in Vibe magazine about how he's already two albums ahead and he's not giving them the best material. They can't keep up with him. So, and yeah, it was a little bit of a deal with the devil to um, make the $100 million deal. You have to understand at that time that Janet Jackson was signing a pretty big deal and then Madonna was signing a pretty big deal for $60 million. Another thing that happens when Warners gives you that much money, and REM learned that a couple of years later when they released Monster, that that money that they give you for that advance, that's coming from promotions, stuff that they would use for radio, stuff they put up for billboards around Los Angeles, New York City, and other places, Atlanta. Um, you're not having that anymore. That's what I mean where you don't have the machine. is like they're not pushing you the way that they were. So it's harder to get played on radio and people don't understand it that, yeah, you know, I, I still feel that a lot of Prince's material in the nineties is way overlooked because he didn't have the machine pushing it down people's throats. You know, space was played on kiss FM out here on a make it or break it. Same with glam slam and 88 were one for two nights, but with space, it was broken. You know, they, you got played one time and that's it. There was no promotion behind it because in our Prince of Stature that would have the label behind them and that machine doesn't get played on a make it or break it. That's for a new artist, you know? Space would get automatically into rotation, whether or not it had a video or not. Delirious didn't have a video. Prince was hot that time. Made top eight um, on Billboard. Number four on radio, if I believe. Now... This is, like I said, what plays into it. And this is why his 90s material, to me, was doing it. And what do you mean by Little Richard being the first on something about it? Hopefully not talking about my outfit. Um, yeah. But again, and it's just like where, where Prince, later on in his career, making $3 million a night. You know, Prince just felt, you have to understand, I hated it when Madonna would tour when Prince was touring because I knew it was going to happen afterwards, that he was going to raise his ticket prices because he looked at Madonna as a contemporary. And if Madonna was charging a lot, he felt he had to charge a lot because he was better than Madonna. Yeah, the Musicology tour where the highest ticket price was $77. Then here's Madonna, and middle, about a month into the tour, announces that she's going to have her own tour. And the ticket prices are $300 and up. Lowest ticket price 
for way up in the, the nosebleeds, maybe 125. But now we're seeing a price at $300 and up. So Prince had to extend the musicology tour uh, to make sure that he beat her. Because even though she had less than half the dates that Prince had on the musicology tour, she made 77 million. Prince made 90 million, but he continued the tour. And there was supposed to be a second leg of the tour, but he wanted more money than the 500 grand a night he was making at that time. So thank you, Nisi. I'm going to put this up just so everyone can see it in all formats, you know, so you guys can read that. Now, the thing that is important on these things is that then you have the 3121 era happen after musicology. That was the next time that he toured. So what was happening? He was doing these shows in Vegas at the Empire Ballroom for $321 in small clubs. The fans were pissed. The music club was not happy. But behind the scenes, he's talking to Otis. He's talking to Ruth. You know, I'm better than Madonna. Madonna's charging that much. And that's where it comes down to it. So now you see why we're doing it. And there would be other people, uh, my friend Deb, you know, would be like, look, I didn't see Prince because he's the most expensive. I sent, I see him so much because I enjoy his shows. But Prince was better than Madonna, better than you too. But I understand what he's saying is people think of Madonna as a contemporary. And look, we don't look at her that way, you know, but that was it is someone that was around at the same time he was. Even though she debuted a few years later, she was on that level in some sort of way. You know, whether they were label mates or other stuff, he was looking at her, you know, and just like a request magazine from the early 90s with Prince on the cover. So would Prince beat Nirvana to the next, um, would Prince beat Madonna to the next Nirvana? So, you know, you had those things that there was competition. Of course, you know, Madonna did beat him just by getting candle box and then later on got a lot of more set. So that's where I would hate it. Then of course you'd see Prince's ticket prices dropping down and then Madonna would do another tour. And then here comes Prince, third eye girl. I hope you're getting $300 shows because he wanted that 3 million a night, but that's how it'd be going to be able to afford those in small venues is doing that. So you know, those are the things that's going on. But Prince was so smart. When it came to the Musicology Tour, his entire thing from the 90s, and this is something that Taylor should do, and it's a shame that Taylor doesn't even mention Prince's battles. Now, maybe her audience isn't aware of him as much as we are, but it's something that other artists need to be doing because what happens in 20 years where the next Taylor Swift is having this battle, but they're not, they're refusing to name Taylor. It doesn't help the situation. So you have to look at it like this is ever since the nineties, Prince was trying to look for different ways to go around the industry, whether it was selling the first album online, Crystal Ball. And even though that had trouble and Jackie Thompson will tell you about that and the little things that they had to where, you know, they were able to get deals with Best Buy. But then um, Phi and what their name was at that time, they were banning prints from being sold in their stores because they couldn't get a deal for Crystal Ball. 
Same with Music Plus, which went on went under and was purchased by Blockbuster Music, who had another deal to carry um, the Crystal Ball CD set there. So he's looking for different things to get around the industry and then musicology. Here it is. His first thing of it that he brought up the press conference um, at the El Rey Theater before the musicology tour kicked off is his idea at the time, he wanted to give each label musicology to distribute and whoever sold the most copies, he'd sign a deal with. Of course, that didn't exactly happen. Sony slash Columbia offered them a deal and then he found a way that he can get the CD into every concert goer's hands and that it would count towards a sale. Now, as we talked about before, Prince could have tour with the Musicology Tour for the rest of his career, just have that name, have the CDs done, and then continue to keep charting for years underneath that little, little format. Other artists like The Cure were trying to do that to where they were going to be selling their CDs at concerts, because that's the whole thing is you have a veteran act, it's hard to get new, newer um, fans. They want to hear you do the old stuff. They're not wanting you to hear musicology or other things. So he was doing it. But what Billboard said was, is, okay, we're not going to have that anymore. You can't do it. You have to have options for the ticket price that it's going to be like $12 higher or whatever. But Prince was grandfathered in for that. And whether it was deals that he was trying to get done with Samsung or other things that he did, whether it was the Target exclusive of Lotus Flower, he was doing different things in order to make it around the industry. And he was even trying that with the 3121 movie, which is another reason we need Ruth to have her book come out is because, you know, they were trying to find a way for the 3121 CD that if you purchased the CD in the future, you'd have a movie ticket to see 3121 the movie at the theaters because they were trying to find a way to guarantee that movie would debut at number one at the box office. So he kept trying different things all the time. And yes, he 100% changed the game. So, you know, so, and sure wish the estate were released the last show on DVD. Look, to me, that's a lot of cheddar that isn't being made right now. And I'm with you on the last show. I'm with you at the last show of Paisley Park, you know, I ended up getting two crystal ball sets, one from Blackstar, one from Leonard Mufon, which I tried to return. They told me to keep it for free. That's kind of cool of them. It took me months to get my um, crystal ball from Leonard Mufon that I paid for then and then got from Blockbuster, I believe. Blockbuster, yeah. So there you go on these things. But Prince would constantly try to change the game. And you have to look at other artists now. Is it worth it to them? to be signing with labels. But when you're dealing with COVID and you're not having that merch revenue, you're not having the tour revenue, it's a little bit of a difficult, different game. But Taylor, the re-recording of the catalog, what Dave Hampton was telling me earlier is that um, Lionel Richie did something similar, but maybe not with his entire catalog. As we saw, Prince was trying to do that with 1999, the new master, but his voice sounded a lot different than it did from 1982. Taylor, again, first album, 14, second one, 17, I believe. Another one when she was 22. You're going to have a little bit of trouble, even though Taylor sounds great, of having that success. But again, labels still run the game. 
even though say Warner's may be hurting more so than a standpoint of um, in other labels than they were a few years ago. Of course, yeah, the resurgence of vinyl. In vinyl, about 10 years ago, if your album was being printed on vinyl, it was $9.99. Now it's $30. And that's why you have vinyl outselling CDs and other stuff is because the price of vinyl is so high. That's not to say that there isn't a vinyl resurgence, and there is. But that's where it comes into, and you have the younger generation being you know, enamored with colored vinyl, which is why I'm okay with someone of the estate releasing the purple vinyl but it isn't as nice as these clear vinyls or yellow vinyls or blue vinyls that they're putting out vinyl, excuse me, for stumbling on that. Um, Printed options appreciated as freedom. It was smart and inspiring, 100%. And look, there are a lot of failures along the way. You know, Crystal Ball, you know, to him was a success, but to find other people that were refusing to do business with him for several years, it somewhat hurt. But Prince really wasn't caring about his Warner Brothers catalog. He was caring about his publishing rights, you know, but as he was trying to say with New Power Soul, oh, I made more money off of that than this album. I find it hard to believe with Purple Rain, especially it being the album it was, the tour it was, and the movie it was on that. You know, there was little incentives. Purple Rain allowed him to build Paisley Park, which at that time was $10 million. You know, that's a lot of stuff. Let's not get into the, the Michael versus Prince of who was better. Because I look at Michael as an entertainer. I look at Prince as a musician. And, you know, of course, what they did to Michael is something um, that's kind of difficult. You know, when you think of entertainers that would be on the level of Michael, you look at stuff like Fred Astaire and, like, that's a huge step down. Um, but he was vilified, he was made to look different, whether those things were accurate or not, which some were, it was different. So, um, do I know what made Prince change his mind in releasing more of the re-recordings of his Warner release catalog, an interesting theory. That's something I'd love to have Femi Gia on because they did work on that along with that sampling set that never saw the light of day. Um, but again, you look at 1999, The New Master, and Prince couldn't help himself. He could not record a song the exact same way they did it in 1982. So even when you have the Purple Medley, it's a little bit different, right? You have 1999, The New Master. He had to add a little bit of samba and salsa stuff towards the end. He couldn't keep it in there. He had to add some rap to it. Like that's probably what would have been happening is like for him to record his entire catalog would have been as what he said about the love sexy tour where he was you know the bob george and the performing the black album each night it was very tiring on him it probably wouldn't have been like a whole dave Chappelle this bores me thing but it would have been to the point of exhaustion and just repeating yourself and it's just tough so yeah so and that's all I'm trying to say is like, yeah, Michael was an entertainer, Prince was a musician. The only thing that they had in common was the color of their skin. And people, of course, trying to pit themselves against each other. You know, again, was there, was there, I mean, George Michael, and we got off of that for a moment when I got on that, 
George Michael was a top artist, but it wasn't like who's better, George Michael or MJ. Wasn't better, who's, who wasn't the conversation George Michael versus Bobby Brown, George Michael versus Prince. No, it had to be them two. And then they try to have a little thing with Bobby Brown and Michael Jackson as well. If anyone remembers that before he did Humping Around the MTV Awards and his vocals were shot. Now with George Michael, that was kind of a, like an even worse deal than Prince's because he signed a 10-year deal with him worth the same amount of money, whether he released five albums or three albums or 10 albums. It was a terrible deal. I don't know who was involved in that. Maybe we gotta get Michael Pagnotti on for that one. But um, terrible, terrible deal. And then of course, I believe, you know, George isn't here to say it in either as Prince, but there was a conversation before George had his day in court to where he considered himself a slave. And of course that didn't go over well. Um, and that was the whole thing of why Prince was vilified in the nineties. You didn't have stuff like streaming. A lot of people felt that these labels made you a lot of money and then you're complaining. That's how it looked at. There was Warner Brothers records uh, executives that would come into my work and would be complaining about Prince and then saying he's crazy and all these other things. And look, like I said, you change your name to a symbol, you have these other things going on, it makes it tough. But even George Michael using the word slave before Prince was, but I believe that it was probably, you know, Prince who kind of told him to go that route um, that caused a little bit of friction between them but it didn't work out. So what about Richard Marks? I mean, Richard Marks married Daisy Fuentes. So he won the nineties, right? <laughs> I won't say what Richard Marks is more known for over the past year or two than his music, uh, but Daisy Fuentes, man. So Richard Marks uh, won the nineties, in my opinion, there you go. Uh, Randy Gerber, Cindy Crawford, behind those things. So, and Prince just confusing when he changed his name, took a minute to figure out what was going on. I knew what was going on with that, and it had headlines entertainment tonight, and the next day, people making fun of him, but they were talking about it for a while. Um, and I'll say this as a person that doesn't know where he comes from, uh, doesn't know what his full background is, is when Prince wanted to be called the artist, I call him the artist. And I'd be talking um, with fans of a different color on it. Like we'd be waiting in line for shows and they would be like, you know, you call him the artist. I'm like, well, it's out of respect. And they're like, well, we still call him Prince. I'm like, I think he's okay with that, you know, but you have to understand of the situation that's going on and I get it. And it's just like where you know, you guys see my names and there'll be other people that will call me different names. I'm cool with J7. Uh, there's another name that I used to go by, you know, years ago. And the reason I started going by it again was um, I was applying for jobs and I was having a hard time finding work under the name Jeremiah. Now, keep in mind, this is in the days of Monster and other stuff. And... Um, Maybe they assume my name was a little too urban. 
So I shortened it to Jeremy. And then that day had five job offers the same day that I changed it. Everything was exactly the same. My resume was exactly the same, but changing my name from Jeremy to Jeremiah. And I would tell my coworkers after a year, you know, like, you know, you call me J7 or Jeremiah, but that Jeremy thing got to go. And then it stuck with some people for a while. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything. So I won't say it's like my slave name or other stuff, but it's not my given name. And to figure out that, um, if you use that, you think you're closer to me. No, it just means you're being disrespectful. It's just like with Sinbad and, um, you know, his name, you know, he like talking about how people would be trying to call him that. He's like, you're disrespecting me. That's where it came from. So if Prince wanted certain people to call him the artist, I was going to call him the artist. But always to his people, he was considered a prince. And he would even call himself Prince at shows, even when he was um, under the symbol name. In 1997, you know, at the show after he did the VH1 Honors, which was, you know, recorded the day before, but aired the night of the show at the Pantages, you know, that's when Prince started using the lyrics from Fascination. You know, did you guys hear the news? So-called king gave birth to a so-called prince. And then he said, to whoever may concern, you must come to your senses. There are no kings on this earth, only princes, which was what he was using on the Act 1 tour in Act 2 tour of 1993. So... He was still referring himself from it, but I would, you know, do that stuff. So those are the things that go on with it. Yeah. I mean, if you're having a nickname or whatnot, but if you're having like um, an entire thing of, you know, you have coworkers and other stuff calling you that by name that you didn't want to do, but you did it just because you were struggling for work. It's a little bit different. So, and this double A right here, if millions of people in this country don't have food to eat, how are the musicians going to win any battles against the greedy music companies? None of this is right or even legal. I mean, I may be having my own battles going on to where I'm trying to make deals happen but they know if they wait, um, they know that I'm in a bad position. So I'm not going to play that game. But um, I'm disappointed in our country on so many levels. I'm disappointed in Congress. I'm not trying to get political. I apologize. But we have Americans struggling. People that may be un unemployed that haven't gotten extended benefits since August. Um and they were told that, oh, it's going to happen. Then, then the Democrats are playing a waiting game to where they wanted $2.2 And finally, Steve Munichkin got to $1.8 And they wanted to wait till after the election. And now you have Mitch McConnell taking over those negotiate, negotiations. And now they're starting at $500 billion, the Republicans are, while the Democrats want $2.2 So what we could have gotten before isn't going to happen. This country in the United States, there's talk of us being on a nationwide lockdown in California. We're having curfew starting on Friday. And um, if our numbers don't improve in a few weeks, we're going back to a full on lockdown. So now here I am. 
do my do I pay my rent for December or do I stock up on food and toilet paper because these people are going to be freaking hoarding stuff? It is absolutely freaking ridiculous. And you know me, I do not try to get political at all. And you guys got to stop with blaming one party or another party. <laughs> you know, I'm tired of people looking like that they're going to be the savior for certain people and then their own interests keep butting heads with the other one. You know, you can think that Biden is the answer or other stuff, and it's just, it's heartbreaking. And I don't think it's the answer. But hey, you know, I'm just the podcast guy. But who knows, I may be in a similar situation to where I'm hurting as well. Um, but I'm tired of it. We're, we haven't been taking care of since August. What happens to the restaurants in LA and other states that do have to go on the nationwide lockdown? And they're never going to open again because they don't have another PPP program, you know? So these are the things. And that's all I want to say. But you have to stop blaming other people for it. It's both sides and they need to come to an agreement. And you guys can give the other guy crap about stuff, but he was the one saying to come with a deal. And uh, it's not being met. So... That's just what it comes down to. But yes, you know, so yes, artists are struggling and it's going to be hard for stuff. So, you know, here it is. People are telling us to go on lockdown, but they're allowed to go to a birthday party and then they say they're sorry and that they should have walked away. It's easy to say it now. You just didn't think people were going to find out. So that's what it goes on to. So compromise, exactly. So that's where it goes into. But don't be saying that you're for the people and you're not abiding by the same rules. So, yeah. And Coda, I believe you're right about that. Of that. So they uh, were trying to do something good, but weren't being on top of it. But that's where it goes down to. So let's get back to the music and the labels. But yes, artists are struggling. So that's where it goes down to. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, I wish Prince was like doing this stuff or he was around. No. Ever since Prince died, stuff's been weird, right? Those t-shirts sell like hotcakes, don't they? There's some truth to it. So you have Taylor Swift. You have it going on with Scooter Braun. You don't really hear his side of stuff. But again, it's a business deal. It's exactly what Paul McCartney uh, told Michael and then Michael kind of screwed him on it, you know, but we'll have to learn to all these other things. So, um, we will, we will see what's going on. Uh, so yes, pick up jelly bean CD. That'll be the answer to everything. But that's where it goes down to, and let's get off it um, doing other stuff. Metallica had a live stream concert last Saturday, so they're trying to survive. Metallica is doing well, though, for someone who owns their masters. So, you know. So, yeah, those are the things that are going on. 
Question, when Prince re-upped his contract in 92, why didn't he negotiate what he wanted? Master recordings, music output. If one of us didn't give him what he wanted, he could have we had walked. He wasn't keen to the masters till he started hanging out with Nona Gay, which was after, after that deal in 1992. And yes, if he would have known what he would have known in 1990, 1991, you can do stuff. And then Prince could say, and other people could say this, that Prince's music kind of um, suffered a little bit when he was trying to handle all the business himself instead of being able to concentrate on music. So, you know, but yeah. And you can say what you want about Scooter, but again, businessmen and creating careers, you know, being on top of artists. You know, Clive Davis would be the same way, right? But Clive gets respect. Scooter, this whole thing looks bad. And Taylor does let people know when she feels she's being peed on, whether it's Kim Kardashian or Scooter Braun. You got to learn to um, pick and choose your battles. So that's where it goes on to. Um, yeah. And look, Prince suffered for this, Sterling. Put this on the board. One thing I really love and admire is the fact that Prince never really gave up. He kept reaching out, played the waiting game, negotiated one. But remember, he suffered. You know, the MPG financial bankroll was hurting for a while, you know. So it was, someone's asking for the PayPal link. Um, here you guys go. And sorry to go off on a little tangent. If I could edit stuff out, I would. But why does Puffy seem to get the pass? Not really. Mace had some issues with them too, right? But then they came to an agreement later on. I have to research more about Puffy and his um the bad boy deals and stuff that he had, whether it was with Danny Kane, who? <laughs> or other things of that nature. So yeah. Um, don't artists know how they can only sign up with a company for a short time to get a start? How could they sign away their creations forever? Everyone gets some coin and it's more fair. So the whole thing is, though, is that you're, you're seeing the dollar signs. You're not seeing the full picture. And that's what you have to, you know, what was happening in the 70s where artists were making more money off of touring and merch that labels were trying to have in the contracts that they get a percentage of the merch and they then get a percentage of the gate. And that's why Live Nation was getting into stuff with Madonna later on. So he owns all the masters from Bad Boy, but does he take care of his artists? And aside from Shine and that whole incident that went down with J-Lo that New Year's Eve, where Shine spent like seven years in jail for him, right? Shine said he was coming for him when he got out of jail. How did that play out? So, and here is Dave. Someone had that question a lot of Richie. Uh, Dave Hampton has this. I'm going to put it up on the screen. The artist of today versus the artist of days gone by represent two different ends of the spectrum. A stream dollar will never be as large as a traditional record royalty. Times change and Prince was working far ahead of the pack. Also, he created um, more than most, so he knew his strength. Thank you, Dave. 
Motown was pretty bad. Yes, Stevie Wonder was able to work out his deal. But even where I was talking with Dave earlier today, he mentioned about Motown and all the other things that they had. So, yeah. That's where it gets down onto it. Shine is now in the Belize government. He's a political official. Well, damn. He got, he got out of that business, didn't he? So there you go. All right. Have we worn everything? Have I shown that it isn't just print stuff that I know and going on this? Um, but this is why you're going to need people like Londell McMillan. I'd love to have him on the show because regardless of what you guys can say about him is he was able to get Prince the slave off his face. Um, and look what Dave is saying, and it's true. Motown was the only game for a long time, and they knew it, especially for black artists. So, see, and why did Diddy get that deal, Sterling, where you can get the Bad Boy catalog from Clive? Is it because of how much money he was making? Or remember, Diddy was around producing for a while, whether it was Joe to see for Come and Talk to Me, to Mary J. Blige, all these other things, you know, just craziness. And then who owns Whitney Houston's catalog? If you want to get involved in that stuff. And I really got to look into more so of like say Elvis Presley and other things of that nature. So, and what's done with that. So there we go. Let me turn this off. I don't know why it's doing that. So. And then another comment from Dave. The final value of recording masters depends a lot upon the overall pathway that an artist takes. Prince was a recording artist who made movies and never stopped the music. Just imagine, you know, if Prince made more movies like he wanted to, how it would have been. So. And Ann says, double A says, damn it, if no one should get a dime from performing except Prince at this point, it should be all his. Well, Revolution would get paid from time to time. He would give money to Apollonia, you know, so. We've had Van Jones on the, on the show before, and we kept that as professional as we can and kept it on point and was able to ask him a question about his thoughts on why Prince didn't have a will, you know, and gave his interpretation on it, and then an app that Prince was working on and other things that they weren't aware of. You know, there's probably other conversations that Londell can hip us to. So sometimes you don't know the other stories. Dave Hampton also includes many artists today use music as a launch point. Yeah. You know, and the people are like asking me, like, I should be publishing my songs and other things. I'm like, I'm not known. I'm going to get screwed. I'm not going to do that. You have to make your ways in through other, other, opportunities so yeah and arista you know at that time the reason that clive was on the way out was for that terrible raven to the joy fantastic deal of getting prince getting 10 million dollars and then them not getting um 
feedback on another thing that Dave Hampton puts in of a career path looks different for everyone, especially for new artists he's referring to now. So, you know, yeah. It's just one episode with Van. We had him on for an hour. Um, and I'd love, like I said, there's other controversial quote unquote people that I'd love to have on. You just can't pay attention to the comments all the time and just got to have it. Um, Cause everyone's got an opinion about everyone. Right. And those are the things that can mess things up. Uh, so is there any artist? And of course, right when I read the question, it goes down. Is there any artist that came into the game and owned their masters? Chance the Rapper. So, yeah, I remember when Prince posted a typical recording contract and Love for Another. I'm sure you remember it. It was Scary and Polly, and that was in the 90s. So, um, here's another Dave Hampton dropping knowledge. Independence looks so different today. One lesson everyone should know is that Prince always coordinated uh, the bet so that the money was on him. And the delivery was up to him. Yeah. Those are things that go on. So. And he says this to add through YouTube. Definitely feels like the biggest artists are in multiple industries now. Fashion, technology, et cetera. Musical and seems hard to live off of. Look at P. Diddy and his vodka, right? And then the other, other things from his clothing lines that he had for Sean John. So many other things, you're 100% correct on that. So, yeah. What about Boy George? Boy George wasn't George Michael, but he's had a career. You know, in the 80s, he played an important part, and he has kept himself being able to go, and it kicked bad habits. So you're allowed to have opinions. You can keep it in the chat. I just try on other stuff to just keep stuff down the middle. So that's where it goes on to. So there we go. Thoughts on Spike Lee. Spike is a creative genius. Um, but anyone who thinks that Spike Lee is going to be doing the Netflix documentary when they can work with Ava, uh, sadly mistaken. Yes, 360 deals go on so yeah and we talked about ray charles earlier about him getting his masters back um in the 1960s from his label then so and dave hampton correct diversity is one of the new forms but that is a bag strategy a bad strategy that allows artists to stay in play long past their music got to do their stuff you know i ain't putting no book out about prince you got ruth and you got others that i will entrust to do that so and dave hampton you can have dave hampton on every week for a year you'd have a different prince story of things that happened that people weren't aware of because prince would be dropping knowledge all the time you know and Dave Hampton saying 360 deals are a form of less is more. Did that really work out for Madonna when she did it? So, yeah. 
Now, Dave, if you want to get this correct, because he's saying um, for Ray Charles, he never owned the Masters from Atlantic, only ones from ABC when it came to Ray. I believe that Ray owned them all. He was able to get the deal in the 60s from that. So... Um, You know, at the time of Prince's passing away, Masters did he have in his possession? It wasn't in possession. But the whole thing is, is like there was a joint agreement made with Warner Brothers to get certain stuff back earlier to where he'd own the Masters. But it was slowly going to be happening. And now what's happening is, is now that's being controlled over by Sony. But the contracts that last longer are Purple Rain, Parade, Graffiti Bridge, and I believe the Batman soundtrack as well. So, um, Thank you, Double A, for that. Only wanting opinions from you and Andre and Dave and all the people who are authentic friends and know the truth. Integrity is everything. I wish the real people could join together and get paid to keep it real and honest. Amen. I'm with you. How did Prince become so enlightened? He's pretty spectacular. As he would tell me, he was constantly reading and constantly learning. So you do those stuff and it happens. And Dave, I believe, had this to say in regards to the Ray Charles question that Duke was bringing up. Very common with older artists because their deals were varied under different labels. But what I read on that is that he, what I read earlier today when doing research is that Ray was able to get them all back. And yeah, I read at least three articles on that, but you know, and I know it was discussed lightly in the movie, but so, you know, same as this for Miles Davis. Now there's certain titles and albums where the property of the specialized deal terms. Yep. And me and Dave talked about that earlier today when it came to Miles Davis and the Jimi Hendrix estate, because it's stuff that I look on for, um, for when it comes to it. And of course, Dave knows that even though I know a lot, I research stuff before shows and if there's something that he may be able to include. I'll always pick his brain for stuff because that's something that you have to do is you can't think that you know everything. And Dave is an extension of Prince, an extension of me and others and what we're trying to learn and what to do. How do you know what to read? You constantly read everything and that's it. You know, you, just like what we were saying before about you use social media, you don't let you let social media use you. You use the internet, you use books, you get different things. and Prince would be able to look at stuff and then probably scan through something or, you know, there's something that piqued his interest and was able to do it. But you have to constantly look through stuff and look for it. I mean, I went to a bookstore a few weeks ago after Out of Boredom. People were packed in there, um, especially in the poetry section. So, you know, yeah. And a thing that... You know, Prince hated, you know, like, like I said, the first hour that we actually hung out in person, we were arguing over masters and I was just like, is it, is it 30 or 35 years when you get your masters back? And he's all like forever. They might as well say forever. Cause that's what it is. You know, you think about that. There's a yeah, purple rain came out in 84 and, uh, you know, 2014, if he wouldn't have made the deal with Warners, he would have only gotten Purple Rain back this year. 
you know, if he didn't make that deal in 2014. But it, now they're going to have it for a few more years. But that's it. Why is Dave so knowledgeable? Just do this. Stay current and do your research. And Dave has been in the industry for a very long time and has worked with Prince and worked with other artists. And he works with people currently. So now, and that's, and that's it is that he would, you know, pique the interest of people around him, such as Dave. We kept each other aware of new developments. Prince always got briefs from me regarding technical developments. So, you know, he would have the people around him. And, you know, always say, like, young people are the one with ideas and doing other things. So Dave Hampton um, worked in the recreation, I'd say, of upgrading of Paisley Park in 2004 on and other things that they do, whether it was the boards or other things inside there. He upgraded um, Paisley and did so much more. Um, but he's very knowledgeable and he's been on the show several times, whether it was audio or video. So that's it. And Dave can answer that question more so himself. It's just him saying just a hardworking engineer and studio person 40 plus years. So there you go. So, yeah, we'll try to wrap this up at the 90 minute mark. You know, I don't want you guys to get too bored of me, but I always enjoy having um, discussions with you guys and trying to have it open your stuff up more to ju than just Prince. And with the Taylor Swift and Kanye um, battles, more so what's going on with Taylor, you know, that means some stuff. So. There you go. 2003 through 2010, Paisley Park Technical Director. There you go. So it was even before Musicology around the news tour. See? Don't know everything. You have to go on it. Um, yeah. This is, I could say stuff about what goes on in the world today, but if you read different opinions on a topic, you start to see certain patterns in which themes seem to reappear. Following rabbit holes can lead to new insights lead to new ideas and new perspectives. But then you also see how seemingly separate things relate to each other. So thank you, Nessie. We try to do this all the time. And I thank you for being a supporter of the show for a while. Um, we haven't talked in a bit with what's going on in the world. Sometimes, um, you know, and I haven't been reaching out to people as often as I used to. Um, with what's going on is I have to, sometimes the things I would do to check on people, I have to practice self-care and do it um, for myself. But I hope that you're doing well and I've always appreciated um, your support of the show. So thank you so much. Um, so, and so he says, it's one of the reasons I appreciate hearing all the different stories from different people about Prince. Everyone's got a story to tell and this is why I don't want revisionist history because I feel that everyone's story is special without having to embellish or rewrite it. And it's just amazing. And we want to make sure that we're not stepping on the toes of other people that weren't around for certain periods. Of course, right now, um, there's more so of um, people focusing on the 80s used to be just Purple Rain and he didn't want to be the Purple Rain guy. But there's other stuff from the 90s. There's other stuff from the 2000s. And this is why, you know, I'm cool with Bobby Z. I'm cool with Winnie and Lisa. 
but I'll always will be cool with people like Ruth Azarte and Dave Hampton that you guys may not know as well, but played a huge part of stuff that they're not focusing on, whether it's Third Eye Girl or the MPG or Morris Hayes that you guys may not know as much as say Matt Fink. And we have to let it be known that just because something Prince said in 1985 wasn't what he was believing in 87, let alone 2015, you know? And you have to let it be done because I'm not the same person I was last year. We're ever evolving and Prince was an ever evolving person. And to pigeonhole that person was something they believed in in 1985, something that had different things of 2015 is absolutely ridiculous. So hope Taylor Swift stays encouraged, negotiate and keep fighting. Uh, let's hope that with Scooter Braun, some things will go on or, or whatnot. But Ruth will be on a point. We had a little bit of a, she was doing what Dave was doing um, last week. You know, people were asking her questions and she was responding this way. That's how Prince would be sometimes. He'd have conversations with people like um, through audio and then he would type back. So they were talking and he would be texting back. So for some people, they enjoy doing that more so. And then here's another quote from Dave. Prince had a unique outlook on the business of music during him, Dave's time with him. He seemed to be on a separate mission to always outthink the normal strategies. Musicology CD, anyone? Several of the unique things he did were so original that they made rules to work against it after he showed the industry he could win without them and their outdated business model. He will and was his music catalog one along with his live delivery, 100%, which made Prince one of the reasons why he was the greatest live performer of my generation and many other people's generations. So Andy Allo is welcome here anytime, and she knows that. Um, I haven't seen her in over a year from the last time she performed, but, you know, this is why I need to find ways to make the show bigger so we can get more people on here. Dave Hampton let everyone know who he was a few moments ago, but Dave Hampton worked for Prince in Paisley Park from 2003 to 2010. So, you know, Dave, any last things that you wish to address? Um, I know we can go on for a while. But yeah. Hope there will be new lawyers who will be able to make deals for both the musicians and the music companies. That will be fair. I won't be holding my breath on that one. <laughs> so, yeah. Those are the things that are going on. So we're just looking at some stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'll be back more often. Dave, it's fine, man. I understand it. And, uh, you know, I'd love to have you back on again, not just when I'm uh, there's a PRN alumni thing. I spoke with Jackie earlier today, just um, touch base regarding Sinbad and regarding Shelby J, you know, but we'll see how things um, pull out. So, 
music is moving to a different place right now. So hang on 100%, especially during these COVID times for sure. So thanks, Cindy. I appreciate your comment about me not needing to invite anyone to my show because I'm amazing, but I like to have guests on. So I'm not just talking, you know, just to you guys and then looking there instead of at you guys. You know, we have different equipment. Uh, we have this TV right here, which is supposed to be behind me. I don't want to spill anything. So I'm using it as a um, thing. So we have a TV behind me that's supposed to be playing stuff for you guys behind us. We could have like the Taylor Swift article or other things going on. But we'll have that happen eventually. Um, so, yeah. And definitely for Sinbad, our prayers are coming up for him. So, for sure. All right. Thanks, Jesse. I always try, man. You know, even though P ain't here, gotta do my thing. Just like with Third Eye Girl, it was more of a grunge look to where I can actually wear jeans and other stuff, but I like this. So, oh, shucks, you guys, with the outfit. But I appreciate you guys. And Nisi, when you guys are on Twitter and doing stuff, and I'll see it like a week later. Um, you guys are doing the damn thing. Make sure to follow her on Twitter. Just look up this name that you're seeing on the YouTube handle. I'm not sure if, I don't think the Twitter handle, the avatar is the same as the YouTube one, but the name is, so get on that. Money is power, donate to the good Prince people so the fight was right. Thanks, especially when our government isn't taking care of us and stop blaming the political parties on that. They all have agendas on it and we're divided and we need to come together. So that's all I'm gonna say. But just trying to make it through the end of this thing, man. Having a compromised immune system and being told to stay home, but you gotta you gotta make money, get them groceries, right? Pay that rent. So so uh, we'll get an update on Chance. Um, Dave, if you're still in the room, if we're going to have talk with Jackie about that. But I think that he's doing better. I mean, he's posting a lot more. He may not be showing photos, but, you know, I'm sure that he appreciates you guys and donating to the PRN alumni. So that's where it's all about. Um, but I appreciate you guys. Just want you to know it. Uh I plan on doing shows through the holidays. We'll see if that happens. I would like to have some, some guests on. I've been busy with some other things going on that I just, I try, even though I'm a public person, to have my private life be private. And then a sport, especially when I'm trying to fight over the trademark with Instagram or that fake Funkenberry account where I can't post things I exactly want because if I stray too much from Prince, I lose followers. But, um, and I always try, especially on Twitter, not to speak for Prince and other things. Um, but I want to be able to be free to say what I need to say. And Instagram and me fighting over that Funkenberry name and that fake account is very, very frustrating to me. So, and that's going to be money that is being put into a lawyer to help with the copyright that just hasn't had time that they're a copyright lawyer, but we're working more on trademark. 
So, and in regards to chance, so you guys see this through all the formats. Uh, Jackie spoke to him and he's doing better every day and keep chance in your prayers as well. So, you know, we all got to stick together, man. This COVID thing, it can be crazy stressful. So you got to practice self-care, you know, and practice love for another, but practice self-care, take care of yourself. We got to be around for a while. And I cannot stress this enough. We got to get on the younger generation to have the music and not just have it be a Purple Rain t-shirt. We have to do more and it's up to us. And then hopefully um, in the future we can have it. But, you know, we got to stay healthy because too many of us are, are passing, you know, look to ourselves, practice self-care, do these things. Maybe slowing down and taking care of yourself was um, the best thing that we can do as much as, you know, they're supposed to be taking care of us. No one's going to take care of us. We need to take care of ourselves. Um, don't have family. I have you guys. You guys are my family. But um, take care of one another and practice love for another. And thank you, AA, for that. A try um, for the donation. Put it up one last time for you guys. Um, but those are the things that goes on. Practice true love for another and self-care. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Um, hope the outfit wasn't too much. If you guys are expecting me in a dress like Harry Styles, it ain't going to happen. Not there's anything wrong with that. I just can't pull it off. All right. Much love, you guys. See you next week. Still plan an episode before Thanksgiving. Um, we'll see what we have for the future of you guys. But till then, play his music, buy his music as Christmas gifts, physical copies. Um, of course, if only if you're if the, the younger generation only streams or they like vinyl, get the vinyl. Um, thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Sterling. Thank you guys. Much love. Till next time. Keep it funky. Take care of yourself. Practice self-care and true love for another. Thank you guys.